morning and welcome to The Catholic Journey. And this is a beautiful Sunday morning. I'm sitting in The Catholic Journey recording studio and I'm looking out the window. I see my United States of America flag up on the flagpole. And it is swirling and kind of... uh, changing directions, and it's fully extended. There's enough wind out there. I can see the beautiful flag fully extended with the stars and the stripes, and it's just a beautiful, glorious day. The backdrop of the flag that I'm looking at is this blue sky, so that's representing that uh, there is no smoke in the sky. And I just returned home from Holy Mass. We had Mass at St. Joseph's uh, Parish, the parish community in Marysville, California. And although we've been cleared to go back inside the parish, uh, the church is being... uh, renovated to some extent, and um, it'll be done in the next couple of weeks. So we chose to remain doing our Masses outside for the remainder of October. And it's actually perfect timing because um, the weather's starting to turn. And uh, in this area, I, I anticipate that the rains will start coming at the very end of October or November. And that means that we'll be back inside the church. So, um, But we were outside today, and it was um, a little cooler today than usual. I noticed uh, some of the people were complaining a little bit about being cold, but um, really what overshadowed that is they were just happy to have Mass. And and I was happy to be there too and to receive the Holy Eucharist, uh, spend time with community. And I'm um, still very, fairly new to the parish. I'm still meeting a few people, and I truly enjoy when they uh, come up to me after Mass and introduce themselves. I was talking to my wife, Liz, though, and I said, you know what, I'm going to be so embarrassed because a lot of these people are, not everybody, but a lot of them are wearing masks, and they introduce themselves, and we have a nice uh, kind of... Um, introductory conversation and I get to know them a little bit um, after the introduction. But the problem is, is uh, they're wearing a mask. So what's going to happen is I'm going to see them again and I'm not going to recognize them. And I'm just so, I just know I might be hurting some feelings. You know, there's only one of me, the new person to the community, so they will recognize me. Um, but, um, there's many of them for me to try to learn who they are. And, um, so that's going to be a little difficult. I'll be so happy when we can get rid of these masks. Oh my goodness. Um, I have a feeling, I I think if we're, if we're all honest with each other, um, you can see how this whole COVID crisis has been politicized. And I don't mean that it, it, that it's not real, that this is a a real uh, issue, um, in the pandemic. It's real. Um, that uh, I think we all can, can understand that, but, um, but it has been politicized as well for, um, certain people trying to, um, use or take advantage of, of the COVID, um, China virus, as many of them call it, uh, pandemic to, uh, kind of, uh, help them along with their personal agendas. And with this being an election year, um, boy, it's as clear as, as, as can be. So we're going to have an election in, um, gosh, what is it? Three, I think it's three weeks from Tuesday. And, um, It'll be nice. Whatever the outcome of the election is going to be, at least I, I'm hoping that we can move past uh, this uh, politicization of this of the COVID uh, virus and we can get some better sense of normality back into our lives and um, start enjoying life at, at, at a different level than 
all of these restrictions and the quarantine mentality, the fear that has taken over so many people and, and, uh, and I don't know, it's, uh, it's just out of control. So, um, enough of that. That was not supposed to be the focus of, uh, this podcast today. Um, so let's keep moving right along. Um, I did have the opportunity to preach at mass today and I, I, I enjoy that opportunity. I, gosh, I don't know how do I answer, honestly answer that question. Do I enjoy it? Um, <laughs> you know, anything that, that you have, uh, uh, the opportunity to do, but it does create some anxiety and stress and extra work. Do you actually enjoy that? Um, I do. And, and I think, um, the way that I can rationalize that in my mind is, is having the opportunity to preach to a group of parishioners or, or to a whole community, like, like we, like the deacons do when they have their turn of preaching. Um, it's, it's an honor. It's a responsibility. It's an opportunity. There's many things that happen, you know, with, with the deacon being able to preach at a mass um, but one of the things is, is um, it's an opportunity for us to um, really embrace, um, you know, the interpretation of scripture and, and to break it down and to try to make it applicable um, to the lives of the parishioners. And, you know, deacons um, play a very special role in the sense that um, they're clergy and they have one foot in the clergy world, but they're also almost always um, maintain their secular jobs as well. And so they keep one foot in the secular world. So they're kind of the bridge between the two. Often deacons can understand and they're more embedded in the current workings of the sexual, uh, of the, um, not sexual, of the, um, of the secular, of the secular world which really has been uh, sexualized a lot, as you know, but um, they're really embedded in in the sec- secular world and um, they can understand some of the modern issues and some of the modern struggles. And I think that's one of the benefits um, that uh, of having a deacon do the preaching is they can bring to light or, or bring um, um, those gospel messages um, uh, and, and apply them more to the current struggles of the modern man and woman um, going through this journey uh, of being a Catholic. Not that priests can't do that. Um, they can. Oh boy, some do it um, marvelously well as well. But I think having the deacon preach once a month, I don't think more than that is appropriate. The The ordinary preacher to a community is the priest. Um, but having a, a deacon preach once a month um, is... I think that that wonderful opportunity to not only give the priest uh, a break, <laughs> um, and because uh, there is a big difference going to mass and having to be the celebrant and preaching a homily, and or the or the priest going to a mass and just having to be the celebrant, they they tell me that that's a tremendous relief on them. So it gives the, the priest a break. It gives the deacon an opportunity to use his unique state in life. Uh, to try to um, share the gospel message. It does give also an opportunity for the parishioners to get to know the deacon's spirituality a little bit more as well and um, and to help build that sense of family. So I, I think that's wonderful. So I was hoping to share with you today my homily. I think it's very... Um, 
it's a very it was a very needed homily because the gospel today um, can be very confusing to a lot of people. Um, it, it's the gospel comes from Matthew uh, 22, 1 through 14, and it has to do with um, uh, the king. There's a parable in there that Jesus shares about a king um, offering a, a, a wedding, a, a feast, and inviting people to come to the feast. And, and uh, many people reject that invitation. Um, and then they gather everybody uh um, good and the bad alike and bring them to the feast and then a man shows up not wearing a wedding garment and uh, and the king in the parable throws him out and it can be very confusing to a lot of people so I spent a little bit of time putting together a homily to explain because actually the meaning of that parable um, has such rich uh, meaning and there's actually an embedded warning in 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 that for us today as as Christians and Christians back in the time that uh, Jesus shared it but especially for us today um, that we have so many um, kind of lukewarm Catholics or we have so many cafeteria Catholics and um, I think this uh, homily might help um, help those um, which is quite numerous to really think about their relationship with Christ and to think about their relationship with the church and the community around them. So let me jump right in uh, with no further ado, and uh, hopefully it'll give something for us to, to ponder and to think about today. So the homily started like this. I'm not sure about you, but often when I read one of the Gospels, I can be confused as to what the actual meaning might be. Today's gospel from Matthew is one of those confusing gospels, at least it was initially for me. Preparing for this homily, I needed to spend some time looking into the specific references to understand what was actually being said. After the use of a few concordances, the parable began to come alive as is true for most parables once we begin to understand the deeper meaning and hidden message. However, this parable is unique in that it contains a deep and troubling message for many of us here today. It speaks of faith and how faith alone may grant you a meeting with God, but not necessarily entrance into heaven. Let's take a closer look at the details of the parable. First of all, we must understand that the story is actually describing God as the King, Jesus as the Son, and the Bride as the invisible Kingdom of God. The first guests that were invited and who refused to come to the banquet were the Jewish people and their leaders, God's chosen people. They rejected God's invitation. Those of the second invitation were the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people. Some of them ignored the invitation and went away without giving the invitation another thought, while others not only rejected it, but fought fervently against the kingdom in opposition. But our God, our King, being the merciful and forgiving Lord that he is, reached out again and invited everyone, saints and sinners, to the feast. He invited anyone who cared to come. They were invited to participate in the kingdom of God. Now this is where the story gets interesting, and the idea of the wedding garment can be confusing for some. Thankfully, Pope Benedict, citing St. Gregory the Great in one of his homilies, clarified that the wedding garment is actually a reference to charity, meaning love and service. Now knowing this, the parable begins to make sense. In other words, probably everyone who had arrived at the banquet had faith, 
But those who had failed to practice charity in their lives, meaning love of God and neighbor, they did not gain admittance. Still a little confused? Let's look at the scripture once again, now knowing what we know. The servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, bad and good alike, and the hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guest, he saw a man there not dressed in a wedding garment. The king said to him, My friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? The man was silent. He knew exactly what God was saying. He had passed from this world on to the next and was being judged for his life on earth. Both he and God knew the truth, and the man had nothing to say. Actually, there wasn't anything to say, or that could be said. The time to act had already passed. God, being a God of justice, then ordered the man to be cast out into the darkness, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. We all know what and where that place is. It's hell. And the parable ends by reminding us that many are invited, but few are chosen. Wow. This message left me feeling more than a little troubled. I'd always wanted to think of God as being infinitely merciful and forgiving, which he is. But I so often forget that he is also a God of justice and that we will be judged for how we have lived our lives while here on earth. This parable made me stop and think about my own life and how God will probably see me when I stand before him face to face. Yes, I have faith, and so do you. If we didn't, we wouldn't be here today at church. But so did everyone else who was invited to the banquet. They also had faith. Yet faith alone is, isn't enough. Isn't that what Jesus is telling us in the parable? Please don't misunderstand what I am trying to say today. We don't earn our way to heaven or earn our salvation. Jesus already took care of that. But we do make choices in our life. Those choices are called our free will. We either respond by living a Christian life in action and deed, or we do not. There really isn't a category of being a pretty good Catholic. What a startling message for us here today. Thinking that we might just be one of those people who have believed and believed without a doubt, and thought that we would be welcomed into heaven at our time of death, Yet we might be judged unworthy to gain entrance when that time comes upon us. I think Jesus might be asking us to open our eyes a little wider and to take a step back and to ask ourselves a few questions. Have we loved enough? Have we forgiven enough? Have we cared for others enough? Have we truly lived a life of service to others or have we lived a life of mostly serving ourselves. After pondering these questions for some time, I came to the realization that to answer them honestly, my answer to all of them would need to be, no, I have not done enough. I might assume that some of you, if you gave the questions deep and honest thought, you might just be in a similar situation. Believing in Christ is wonderful, but it is Christ and His Spirit in us that should be constantly changing us. We should be growing in humility, patience, love, and charity each day of our lives. This transformation is what empowers us to do the works of a sincere Christian. 
In a few minutes, we'll be receiving Christ in the Holy Eucharist, and we should allow him to change us, purify us, inspire us, and guide us. The most powerful thing we can do is to worthily accept Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist and then respond to his call. That call is so often heard in the quiet of our hearts, and that is why a time of quiet and prayer is so important after receiving Holy Communion. Yet we have to want to hear his voice. We have to want to be changed. We have to want to be sincere followers of Christ. Although today's gospel message contains a sobering message, it also contains the good news. The good news is that we are still here on earth, we still have a free will, and that we can begin this minute thinking about our lives in a different way, thinking about how we treat our family, how we treat those sitting next to us right here in church, and how we treat those in need that maybe we haven't even met yet. We can choose to be people of action with our smiles, our kindness, our love, our charity, and our friendships. Or we can choose to be something else. The good news is that we have heard God speaking today through the gospel. We now understand his warning. And hopefully we can be inspired and guided by his spirit to not only respond to the invitation to the banquet, but to also be invited in and accepted as eternal guests into the heavenly kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to The Catholic Journey. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this uh, homily and especially the introduction to today's message. I hope you have a beautiful day. I hope you can get some rest. This is Sunday. It is the day of rest and family and spending time with friends, but also to help rejuvenate and to kind of recharge our engines. Uh, We all have special things to do uh, during the week. Some of that's uh, outside the house. Some of it's inside the house. And um, we truly need to be re-generized, re-energized and and rested to be able to really embrace our opportunities that God places in front of us. So thank you again for listening. I hope you can ponder uh, where you are in regards to some of the topics that was included um, in today's message. And I hope that God will forever keep you and that you can feel his grace and love in your life. Until we meet again, God bless.